1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay. Welcome to... Oh, I need to do that again. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> Welcome to... What... That old queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. didn't think you were going to be doing this today, did you?
3: Well, no, but <laughs> it's an unexpected treat. <laughs> Those
2: sleigh bells go on, don't they? They're just on in the background. Are they, is this what happens Three in your flat? No, yeah. <laughs> Are you being haunted? I
3: do. Play, I listen to ambient noises as I go to sleep, but I haven't asked for sleigh bells. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's usually um, Tibetan bowls. Or whale song not into no, that so much no, no. Mm.
2: what else might you listen to um forest noises right rain but does that make you want to go to the wee yeah 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 because I, I do have so. an excited bladder yeah <laughs> um well it's it's christmas tommy it's coming isn't it it's our favorite yeah. time of year yeah. the tree's up which is why we're doing a christmas special mm. what have you been up to well, we haven't have done a podcast since spring. No.
3: And basically all that time I've just focused around um, a new project, around Section 28. So I've been doing that with a series of podcasts that you've been producing. Yeah. Um, and uh, salons and tea parties and different things. So, yeah, I've devoted the last eight months to Section 28. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel a bit like... Well, a bit free of it. I'm claiming my social life back. I've been out lots. Last week, I went out four times. Mm. Well, it is party season. Yeah. Parties, book launches, clubbing, and there was one other thing. And an arty thing.
2: Yeah. Previews. Yeah. Conf- confluence. Yeah, went to that. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. Mm. I don't know how you do... I mean, I don't know how I'm going to cope with party season, because I'm not sure I'm... Well, I already. swing. I, I was supposed to go to one last night, and I had to cancel because I was just too exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I was. Mm. I went out on Friday night, and then I couldn't go out for the rest of the weekend. So. Mm. I ended up watching Archie, the Cary
3: Grant. Oh biopic. yeah,
2: mm. how was it?
3: Uh, I think it needs to find its rhythm for me. Yeah, we've only watched episode one. Is it a series? Is mm. Oh,
2: okay. I thought it was um, a film. Yeah, it's very. It's got very ITV vibes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Which is not a bad thing for me. Yeah. You finding any Christmas cheer on Grindr?
3: Oh, there's plenty, yeah. Overwhelmed by that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I don't really know where I stand with it because in those moments of, like, pure stress and work, Mm -hmm. I I do find moments of solace in that. Mm. And I always put it down to, well, I'm just living in a high-octane life. So I need these kind of, like, short bursts of excitement mm. to break the monotony. But now I'm a bit more relaxed and, uh, and having to work less. I also want to do that, too. <laughs> so there's not really a pattern <laughs>
2: that, that I thought that there was. I said to someone today, I'm using Grinder like an advent calendar, and when I clicked on your profile, I thought Christmas had come early. My profile? Not yours. <laughs> <laughs> and did that go down well? I think so, yeah. I might use that line. I know. You're, you're welcome. Anyone can use that line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but remember where you heard it first. <laughs> mm. So what? what's what's Christmas to you? I mean, like our Christmas tradition is that I come over on Christmas Eve mm. and we get a bit tipsy on sherry Yeah, during the day.
3: Well, I hope we can do that again. Yeah.
2: Year. Well, I, I want to do that. Yeah.
3: I have got no real plans for Christmas Day as such. Oh. Um, yeah, but I, I'm open to invitations. Are you, not doing, are you not
2: going to your parents?
3: No, they're going to my brother. And oh, okay. I either haven't been invited or... <laughs> but I'm not sure I want to go anywhere. That's anyway. Christmassy. Yeah. yeah. But I will
2: see them over the Christmas um, season. Mm. Okay. Well, you could join... You're welcome to join me in Mars. Oh. Whatever we do, we might actually go out for Christmas dinner. Okay, well, so thank you. You know, join join the other band of orphans. Yeah, <laughs> but what does Christmas mean to you, me. Um, okay, okay. Christmas. What does Christmas mean to you? Me?
3: Well, I am reading this book. Oh yes, about about camp, mm. and it's sort of unpicking the notions of camp, and um, it. It interests me because it talks about the difference between campy and camp. Uh. Um, And I guess we don't really speak, we don't say campy very often in this country so much, Mm. perhaps. feels a bit more American, perhaps. But they were saying that you could think about Halloween and Christmas in that way. Like Halloween is is campy because it doesn't take itself very seriously, Mm. sends itself up. Is kind of ironic, I suppose. Whereas Christmas likes to take itself quite seriously, but in doing so, is extravagant and a bit silly.
2: Mm. I don't know if you get could get behind that notion. Well, there's that saying: "As camp as Christmas." Yeah, exactly. So, but what, so this has come from that book, Camp. Have you got? Have you, are you going to read us an extract?
3: Well, I just liked that analogy with with Christmas and Halloween. And then I thought I'd just pick out a little section for us to listen to. The author is, um, I've read a couple of his books, actually, Paul Baker. And this one is the story of camp, the story of that attitude that conquered the world. Um, it's written from a very personal autobiographical point of view. And he talks about his father being actually a really, although quite uh, straight presenting in man, really leaning into a camp sensibility We're also watching the film Pollyanna.
2: Oh, God, I love the film Pollyanna. I thought you would, and I don't think I've seen it. It reminds me of Christmas, actually, Pollyanna.
3: Well, yeah, I, yeah maybe I need to watch it this year.
2: Yeah. Because, uh, well, it's, it's got Hayley Mills in it.
3: Oh, well, I like anything with Hayley Mills in As it. As a little girl. And is she Pollyanna? Yeah. So in the in the film, it seems that she has an accident and loses... The ability to use her legs, yeah, and she feels quite depressed. But then all the villagers say how much they love her, and well, it says something like, and she goes back to her annoying, vibrant self. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can relate. (laughs) And and so, in the book, Paul saying that he, you know, he, he knew his dad was. With, had had camp attitude because he kept went rushing into the toilet, sobbing his eyes out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there he says, my Christmas present that year was having the knowledge that tough men can be camp too. When I told my father that I was writing a book about camp, he began regularly phoning me with his favourite examples. Actually, I have been blessed to have two camp parents. Um, while my father's sense of camp is more extrovert, usually requiring costume changes than an audience. My mother possesses a rich inner life of high drama that occasionally allows me to glimpse. When age 17, I was trying to prepare her for the fact that I was gay by telling her that I had a secret. She, a little too quickly, asked me, Have you killed someone? <laughs> <laughs> And on suffering a stroke and a heart attack in 2021, she awoke from the hospital a week later and was asked by the nurse, do you know where you are? Yes, I'm in prison, she replied. <laughs> <laughs> while, she, while she had recovered, I asked her what her crime she thought was that she committed. And she said, in all seriousness, I defied the system. Really, what a pair.
2: What choice did I have but to embrace camp? <laughs> <laughs> but don't you feel that a lot of I think my parents are really camp, like, but my mum in particular? Mm, i don't, not so with mine, maybe my mum a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I Well, I, I think I grew up just being surrounded by old ladies because mum used to do their hair, getting high on the smell of setting lotion. <laughs> <laughs> Did they come
3: round and have their hair done in your kitchen? So
2: they'd, they'd either come round to the house and have it done in the in the back room, or we'd go round to their house and do it. Uh, it's in summer, in like holidays. You know, she and would take me you, along. Did you just sit and watch? I just used to sit and play chef or something. Yeah, <laughs> A little Bernie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was fifteen at the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said I was 21 no. at the time. <laughs> well, yeah, it ended when I was 21. <laughs> and you felt bereft. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think my dad, my, well, that's a whole different story. Well, I think my dad was quite camp as well, but <laughs> we'll get into that at another time. <laughs> but I think for this Christmas, we should delve into... A Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's probably a bit dusty in there because we haven't been in there for a long time. Well, I presume even the sound effect's a bit dusty. Well, yeah. Well, let's see. <laughs> Shall we? Oh, I've got in the spot. Oh. It's definitely creaky. That door's still creaky. Oh. <laughs> oh it's a bit dusty. Um, I want to dive deep. React, react, react. I I, want to go to... (laughs) I'm going to the S section. The S section. S section. Oh, yeah. Not S for Santa, but S for Saturnalia. I can see it now. Which is the origin of Christmas. And I know we've done some of these before, but it's all about Christmas tradition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fancier name for just rehashing old rubbish. But (laughs) well I like to call it recycling. So (laughs) I mean I've done that for the life. (laughs) You've done that for most of your career. Yeah. So, should we take one of the. We've got 13 facts, and some of them are a bit long towards the end. Yeah, I hope we won't bore people, but never mind. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Go make a cup of tea or something. Um, (laughs) So, do you want to do number one? Okay. So, Saturnania was an ancient Roman
3: festival held in mid December to honour the Saturn, the god of sewing plenty and agriculture. Though Saturnalia initially started as a one-day affair, it quickly grew into a three-dayer
2: and then a week-long festivity. Well, that sounds like Christmas to me, doesn't it? Doesn't it, you? So many of our present-day Christmas traditions have been traced back to Saturnalia. Customs like decorating our homes with wreaths, singing, feasting, gift-giving, all originated during this Roman holiday. Have you put your decorations up? I have, yeah. What do they look like? Um, they're quite minimal. Mm. So I put some old Christmas cards up because I don't have any yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've put some fairy lights on the tree that I live with, Ornacia, the one that my longest relationship. And that's like a house plant. We've been living together for over thirty years, mm-hmm. yeah, and she's almost to the roof again. And I put some baubles around. You know, mm. that's it, really. Not as grand as you, with your lovely little Christmas tree. And what, and what did you put on in front, of, in front of us? I put an alpine village on. Yeah, yeah they, they,
3: they light up. Um, yeah, with a couple of A4 batteries. So, yeah. I mean, it's called a village, but there's only really... It's more of a hamlet. Yeah, there's five
2: buildings. Yeah.
3: They're quite big, though.
2: Yeah, and I love the fact when you turned it on, you said, "Happy now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's coming off as soon as we as soon as we finish this podcast. Well, in this economy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Anyway, do you want to do other number customs three? Yeah. included? Schools being
3: closed, business being halted, and the courts being out of session. Strict dress codes were loosened, with participants exchanging their togas for more colourful clothing. And even gambling being allowed.
2: <gasps> wow. Are you going to exchange your toga? Well, I am a bit toga like, oh, really. You yeah. are. I just wrap myself in blankets. When it said exchanging togas, I thought people would exchange togas, like swapping shirts. I mean, the good thing about exchanging
3: togas is that one size fits all. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Well,. <laughs> that's debatable <laughs> <laughs> well you just make it a micro mini yeah taxi or, or yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> have you got um what about the elgin marbles Have you got an opinion about that the,
2: my elgin marbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you given them back yet <laughs> no i'm not going to <laughs> i don't think i should really well but there's a stain So, don't think I can give them back. Selfish. (laughs) Poets wrote of Saturnalia at the time that it was the best of days and a time when the whole mob has let itself go in pleasures. Things got so out of control that the author, Pliny, or Pliny, reportedly built a soundproof room so that he could work during the raucous celebrations. And Lucian of Samosata... Listed drinking and being drunk, noise and games and dice, and singing naked as common Saturnalia activities.
3: Mm. That's
2: great. And Well, yeah, you, you sung naked at Christmas? Um, Is that what we're going to do on Christmas Eve with the sherry? That's what we're going to do later. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm going to put the heating on in a minute. <laughs> I wish
3: you would. <laughs> the 25th of December... Okay. This was still a particularly holy day for the Romans. Official rituals were observed, sacrifices were made, and a statue of Saturn, whose feet were normally bound with wool, was unbound to symbolise liberation. My favourite
2: mm. word, unbound. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this has got anything to do, like feet bound with wool, stockings, socks. Do you reckon? Possibly. It could, uh, is it a bit of a leap? Uh, anyway, it <laughs> could be. <Yeah. laughs> the twenty fifth was the day the sun was reborn and was sacred to the deity Sol Invictus and the unconquerable sun. He was popularised around twenty two A.D. year I was born, and <laughs> <You bet laughs> by the by the great selfish cross dressing transgendered emperor Elagabalus. Do you know him? Come around later. <laughs> The beautiful young Elagabalus loved a good party. His dancing during the midwinter festival wowed the Roman legions so much that they declared him emperor. He basically shimmered his way to power. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds mean, a bit like you. Are you the reincarnation of Ebedabalus, or whatever his name is? I mean, I really like the name. Elagabalus. Mm. Elega- Eleganzalabalus. LAUGHTER <Yeah. laughs>
3: Okay. Um, but some Saturnalia practical jokes could go too far. One group of banqueting guests were literally suffocated by the weight of violets that were dropped through the false ceiling, like from Quality Street box. <laughs> <laughs> um, others might wake f- from a drunken debauch to find a pet trigger. Tiger. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> five pet tiger sniffing their crop
2: <laughs> which i also find triggering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one too many times imagine imagine being suffocated suffocated by violets i mean that is a camp death it's a way to go isn't it yeah mm. <laughs> some ways in which saturnalia participants celebrated were shall we say less traditional The holiday is rumoured to have featured lads running naked about the place, cross-dressing for dinner, tops becoming bottoms, masters waiting on their servants, sausages, wine, cunnilingus and fruitcake. Brilliant. (laughs) I mean, it uh, it sounds like the best Christmas ever. Everyone loves presents and so does the Romans. During
3: Saturnalia, they gave statuettes of beautiful youths and hermaphrodites Phallic cakes, books of filthy epigrams, cosmetics and hair extensions for either sex. Not just statues either, but real-life slaves and hermaphrodites would be given. Wow. So that's a present, a slave (laughs) or a hermaphrodite. (laughs) A slave or
2: or a statue of hermaphrodites, I think, was one of the gods, wasn't it? Yes. So, yeah. Is that hermaphrodites or hermaphrodites? I think the statues are her- hermaphrodites. Yeah.
3: I actually did a gig at the Wallace Collection, animating some of the objects and paintings in the collection. And uh, there were some statues of, of hermaphrodites in the room. And I sung um,
2: Miss Dynamites, hermaphrodites. LAUGHTER So you're already on board with this? I think you're pure Saturnalia through and through. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Greenery was used to decorate houses during midwinter festivals from ancient Rome to Tudor England's Yuletide in the 1500s. Christmas trees are an invention of the pagan north, a symbol of rebirth or, according to one tradition, a Christian replacement for pagan oak in the spiritual lives of the ancient Germans. But the best story about the first Christmas tree has to be this. Long ago, a young Count of Luxembourg, picture it. <laughs> picture it. Luxembourg. <laughs> long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> so long ago, a Count of Luxembourg, Otto, was famous for spurning all the young women of the neighborhood. Hmm? Got his number. He preferred the company of his male friends and manly pursuits. Like all young men who reject the charms of comely maidens, one Christmas Eve, he fell for a fairy... (laughs) who in turn gave him a wondrous tree all decked out with silver lights and shiny baubles. A bit like yours, Tommy. And it was, it was quite the campest thing he'd ever seen. And from then on, his heart belonged to those creatures who are neither one thing nor the other. Mm. Kissing Under the Mistletoe has
3: even queer credentials, almost lost on the mists of the ancient lands it came from. Oh. In Iron Age Britain, Ireland and the Gaul, Druids were the professional classes and religious leaders. One of their jobs was to gather mistletoe at the winter solace. Solstice. Solstice. <laughs> you can cut me out. I'll uh, like. okay. <laughs> I, I sort it in post. <laughs> um, many Druids were also gay. Their otherness singling them out. As a special and holy, this was all good until the otherness meant they were called on to sacrifice themselves to save the tribe in times of war or want, poverty and other struggles. If that happened, they were called to sacrifice themselves. They'd eat mistletoe berries, the juice of which was thought to be God's semen. (laughs) And I don't think you should try that because they are
2: poisonous. They are poisonous. toe is poisonous, kids. (laughs) Don't try this at home. Even though you think it might be semen. So I I think we would be druids.
3: I think that we would too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think maybe we were, you know. That's why we've missed our vocation in this timeline. Well, you haven't. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The origin of Christmas dinner. So back to Saturnalia, it was an enormous feast, basically. Masters would serve their slaves as all were equal in the golden age of Saturn's reign. The well-heeled were supposed to let their less wealthy neighbours gorge at their tables. But as Lucian, a second-century satirist, complains, they could be very tight-fisted. His revenge was to pray all their fine clothes to be eaten by mice and their pretty boyfriend's hair fall out. Oh, so he prayed for that. Oh, gosh, that's uh, almost like a curse. To avoid this, the gay emperor Hadrian preserved his lover's locks by insisting on sampling all the trimmings from the tables at dinners he hosted. Saturnalia dinners were just a prelude to something even better than a feast, usually an orgy. As the first century Roman poet Marshall says, give me kisses, boy, wet with wine. If on top, you'll add a fuck. Jove couldn't be happier with his Ganymede than I am with mine. Is that also going to be one of your grinds? <laughs> <cow lines? laughs> I actually already used it this morning <laughs> while I was researching this. And Jove is Saturn. Okay, thanks for the context. <laughs> okay, so I... <I'd- laughs> I am Saturn. (laughs) This is a final one, Tommy. You go for it. All right. I'll make it good. Okay, good. The great
3: tradition of tolerance and warmth that Christmas borrowed from gay Roman Saturnalia is with us still. As pagans in the 4th century fought to preserve their ways and festivals, one of them made an eloquent plea to the Christian emperor. We gaze up to the same stars. The sky covers us all. The same universe encompasses us. Does it matter what practical system we adopt in our search for the truth? The heart of so great a mystery cannot be reached by following one road only. I like that. Well, Don't it'd be a know. lovely message on a greeting card. Yeah, maybe we could make some. Well, I got an invoice today for some greeting cards that... That you haven't ordered. No. <laughs> How many? Well, I didn't say, but the invoice was for £180. That's a lot of greetings yeah. cards. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've, yeah, another Tom Marshman. Yeah, there aren't any other Tom Marshmans, are there? Well, there is a Derek
2: Marshman that goes to my gym. Oh, I've never met them. Mm, you're never seen at the same place at the same time. Oh. Mm, okay. Mm. Well, I think. We'll, we'll just lock up the cabinet of curiosities for this Christmas, well, before don't you? we do, yeah. can I just say
3: I thought that when you go into the cabinet, yeah, um, you, you, I think we should we use the words that are used in the cabinet or the archive that pertain to those words, right? But we, perhaps we wouldn't normally use those words in today's language, like, yes, like hermaphrodite. Yes, for example, of we might talk about people being intersex yeah and I also was just remembering that I don't think the Elgin marbles are, are Roman actually I think they're Greek the, they're Greek yeah <laughs> <laughs> there
2: we go you can close the door now <laughs> <laughs> um, and also I want to say that a lot of these facts were taken from the all dot com blog as well well I'll be checking so, out uh, but yeah Oh. Oh, out oh that door it's quite stiff um okay well we we've got, got schnack out of it in a minute I've got. Some Christmas snacking out of sweet or savoury, sweet, (laughs) because it's Christmas, isn't it? I mean, it's not the banquet that we usually have, but yeah, we don't have the posse with us today. So, and then we have some quandaries for the Queens of Agony as well coming up. So, shall we have a little breakage? Yeah. Okay.
3: Santa on fireworks night. Santa on on fire. This <laughs> Santa's on fire.
0: How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment.
1: Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.
2: Now, that Santa isn't me.
3: But you have done a Santa. But I've done
2: a Santa recently, yeah, for a vegan charity. What did you have to say? It's Christmas. And something about all the food on the table, like smoked salmon for breakfast, mm. turkey with all the trimmings, and on Boxing Day, of course, it's ham. And then there's pictures of animals being farmed quite badly underneath it. Okay. But, <laughs> so it's not a particularly jolly <clears throat> advert, but you know, it's. I think it's, it's the first of many, it's my first professional job as Santa. And yeah, and as you say, you'll be doing that now. For the rest of my life, yeah. I think. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm up for it. Quite seasonal work, though, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing lots of podcast producing as well this year. Highlights. Highlights. So uh, I produced a, a podcast called Chip Chat in Western A uh, new one's coming out soon. Where we went to the Whirly Gig in Western Super Mare, and uh, they had loads of fantastic kind of performances and stuff, mm. which is like a whole kind of weekend day thing in western and it was really good every time i do it and i hear all of these people saying great things about western Supermare, i sometimes think mm, maybe i could live here mm, i think the same thing yeah yeah maybe we should do a what that old queen from western it's a good idea you know, yeah. at some point yeah yeah
3: i was i have been on that podcast but yeah. before you
2: before I took over, when it was... hands on it. <laughs> Before it swapped to audio, it was, yeah. it was video, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, what was your experience?
3: Well, uh, what I really like about it is you can eat chips at the same time. Mm. Exactly. What fish bar were you at? An Italian one. Oh, yeah. Papa someone.
2: Papa, Papa, Papa fish. Mm. <laughs> Papa chips. <laughs> no, I think we were at the Atlantic fish bar. And then The Grand Pier was the last one we did as well. But it's good, yeah, it's quite fun. And I do the Watershed Cinema podcast now, so if any of you are looking for another other podcast to listen to, then, then listen to those. Listen to your other ones, because mm. I generally produce those as well, don't I? So, yeah. Well, we do have a Christmas snack out of it as well. Great. I've left some space in my belly for that. Uh, have you? <laughs> good. Because uh, I did go to your favourite hotel, Chocolat. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I got us a little selection of liqueurs, because I quite like a liqueur at Christmas. Don't you? Well, not just Christmas. Well, well not just Christmas, obviously, yeah. but, you know, uh, have, maybe have some more at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to sort through?
3: Well, I'm slightly fearful about this one on top, but I'll,
2: I will give it a go. What, the sorted espresso yeah. martini?
3: Yeah, because I don't
2: really have caffeine anymore. Well I'm not sure there's caf- much caffeine in it n- n- neither do I so we might go a bit berserk afterwards but okay let's see what we got here. they're, they're round and quite colourful got stripes on.
3: It's got organic coffee, a slug of a small batch of cocoa, vodka and a pinch of salt.
2: I mm-hmm, thought so you said cocaine then. <laughs> a slug of a small batch of cocaine. That was the last time <laughs> we did the podcast <laughs> We've also got... Mmm, it's nice. We've got pink champagne in mm-hmm. here, champagne, gin in dark, and mojito in white. Mm. So,
3: Does Kylie do a truffle?
2: I don't know, but I think she's missing out, mm. if she doesn't. We're, we're not drinking the Kylie wine, are we? No. Is, it, is Kylie wine fizzy?
3: Well, she's got two. She's got a, a busy one and a Sauvignon, I think.
2: Okay. Right. So, I think that this might be the Mojito in white. Are they different then? Hmm. I think that's Gin and Dart. That's the Mojito in white. And that one's the pink champagne. I'll try the pink champagne. Hmm. Hmm. The Mojito one's definitely got a bit of a kick. I think I've eaten them in the wrong order.
3: <laughs> Why? Well, because the espresso one is quite dominant and then the mm. pink champagne is a little bit more delicate. Well,
2: maybe that's cleaned your palate. Mm. Maybe I'll have a... I'm going to go for a champagne one. They were quite good. Three for 13 quid. Which is not bad, really, is it?
3: But it's a good job we've got all those Patreons that pay for the
2: <laughs> chocolate. But yeah, How I, well, I think, um, we earn about two pounds a month from Patreon, <laughs> <laughs> which is why
3: we only do what, two
2: podcasts. We are only year, doing no? po- two podcasts a year. So far, we haven't had any revenue from the adverts, but I'm assuming that's because only two people listen. So, which is your friend, Nina? Listening, Nina. Mm. And our friend Pete Kidd, mm. who's listening to all the back catalogue mm. at the moment. So, um,
3: But I think that with those two listenerships, we're covering quite a lot of area.
2: Like covering a demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. But we will, our Christmas promise to you is to try and do more next year, but we're going to try and get some funding so we can actually do it. Because we're both supremely busy. So we can't keep doing this for... yeah. Nothing. What did you have then? Well, are they all the same, the champagne? Oh, yeah, so that... Well, that's not pink champagne, that's normal champagne. I'm going to have a gin and dark.
3: This one says it's uplifting.
2: Mmm. I did feel a bit lifted when I, when I had it.
3: I'll have a gin and dark as well, then.
2: Mmm. Everyone was a bit miserable in... Hotel. Hotel chocolate today. Why? Well, I think everyone was just drenched. because mm. it It's was it been tipping down with rain today. Mm. What do you reckon? It's been so cold recently. Do you think we'll have a white Christmas? But say so. Do they? Mm. Well, in Bristol? Oh,
3: no. I don't know if they say it's Christmas, but they say snow is coming.
2: Oh, OK. Mm. Winter is coming.
3: I don't like that gin and dark. Mm. It tastes like cleaning
2: liquid. But <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, it could well be, you know... Try the mojito. Which one's that? That one. Oh, that one. The one that looks like a marble. An Elgin marble. An Elgin marble. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Greece? You can have them back. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought they were yeah. marbles until I looked <laughs> up them. <marble. laughs> no, they're like um, freezers. Aren't they? Like stone mm. freezers? Or, yeah. yeah, depicting lots of stuff. Home erotic. But yeah, well, I, well, I hope so. I think they were the last time I looked at them, because I got quite distracted. But, as I say, there is a coffee stain on there, so um, they might have to use the gin in dark to get rid of it. (laughs) There's
3: a (laughs) coffee stain on the Elgin marble? Yeah. Well, the ones I've got, anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which leads me on to one of the quandaries, which we have later on. So, you ready for some Queens of Agony? Yeah. Well, good, because that's what we're going to do now. I love a Christmas gong,
3: don't you? I just love
2: a gong. I love a gong,
3: mm. yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah, sometimes I listen to ambient gong. Do you? To sleep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Put me in a gong bath and I'm happy. I find it a little bit distracting. Well, you've got to turn it at quite low level. Oh, okay. Mm. But then don't you want to feel the vibration? Yes. And immerse yourself in the gong. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, some this is a long one. Yeah. There's a longer letter here. Yeah. So... Dear Old Queens, So bear now means slightly hairy guy with a six-pack. What happened? is the headline. I'm kind of (laughs) frustrated. I think it's meant to be frustrated, but... (laughs) (laughs) Frustrated? Went to a bar last night after eight years, and when I told a guy I'm interested in bears, he said he would introduce me to one. Long story short... The guy he brought was what I would call a really lean-toned guy with a beard and no sight of hair in any other part of his body. Actually, the guy was very polite and understanding. He also cracked cracked some jokes when I explained to him what I perceived as a bear but the lingering taste of feeling out of the loop. Lingerie. (laughs) But the lingerie taste of feeling out of the loop with youngsters. (laughs) This is something I thought only happened in porn, as if you open your bear section in any porn site, you will need to go beyond page two to find any guy without abs. It seems that bear is no longer a label for big, fat, burly, hairy guys, and most gays reclaim the label but kept the fat phobia as it seems all the overweight men got lumped into the chubby category and i joke with some friends that soon they will make they will take that from chubby guys too chubby definition will be a twink after eating a tic tac and a glass of water <laughs> but in the back of my head remains the same question what happened and why did it happen I'm looking to the old queens for their insight here. Oh, don't look to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I would beg to differ. I've, I think I think there's a bit of miscommunication here because I think like a skinny guy with a beard and young is a wolf, right? If they're toned, and then if a What's a guy, an otter? sorry, an otter is a, a hairy guy, but who's like doesn't have a six pack uh has a beard as well but maybe not be big and then a big and then there's a muscle bear which is a big muscly hairy guy and then there's a bear which is a bigger guy who's maybe not particularly toned and a weasel <laughs> <I> don't know <laughs> what a weasel is <laughs> what would your definition of a weasel be
3: um it's quite sneaky quite bit, s-
2: no beard oh maybe, maybe a moustache yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. that's a good diver. <laughs> <That's> a good... <laughs> but have you ever come across this, people calling themselves bears when they're not really bear-y?
3: I think so, yeah. I mean, it's probably not something that I pay that much attention to, but I think that there is power in self-identification, isn't there? Mm. And if you feel like that, you, that you, you would like to be perceived like that, then perhaps you are. I always get confused with the... With on the apps when they say you know what they're looking for mm. or whether that's them themselves yeah
2: yeah when they choose those categories yeah. I I'm always a bit confused with that as well it's like am I this or is this what I'm looking for yeah I think they should make it clearer also I get confused with those arrows what are arrows they're like
3: pointing down or pointing up
2: oh yeah. <laughs> isn't that top or bottom
3: yeah but it depends which way it's going. Right like Where you are within
2: that and what what were your phones orientated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean my, quite often I
3: read messages upside down
2: well um, i'm I'm up and down anyway, <laughs> so who cares yeah. but yeah, hopefully that that's cleared some of that up, I so the old queen's that. definition of bear would be what I said, but you know if you want to identify as a bear then identify as a bear, it doesn't really matter does it? We shouldn't be limited by
3: No, I just wanted to picture the scene really where someone says, oh I'll introduce you to someone and then they come along and then, and then is there somehow this questioning about like whether, like whether they're authentic or not? Yeah. I mean I would like to be a fly on the wall <coughs>
2: in that situation. Do you think that happens in the BBB, Bristol Bear Bar that we frequent quite often? Probably Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of bears there that I, that I would class as bears, mm. including me. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: How, when was, When did you first classify yourself as a bear? Do you remember that?
2: Not until relatively recently. No, it's only been in, the, in recent years. Mm. But Bernard, which is my name, means bear. So I can't really not identify as a bear because it's actually my name. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't mind being called a bear. I think I think when it first started, I I was a little bit uncomfortable with it, but actually, it's, I think it's quite a nice thing. Yeah, you know, I'd be fine in losing battle if I didn't like it, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Our late queen was always pictured with a bear, Paddington Bear. Yeah,
2: exactly. Who loves marmalade sandwiches, which mm. I also love as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm taking all the bear boxes here. Thick cut, so, thick. <laughs> I mean, is that another euphemism? Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so moving swiftly on. <laughs> Dear old queens, do you ever just feel like you're FOMOing? Yes. I sp- Well, wait until yeah. the, the definition. I spent my 20s trying to date to find love. I had three boyfriends in my 20s. But after being ghosted after the pandemic hit, I just feel like I'm missing out again. I've been on Tinder, Grindr, etc. off and on since since mid-2021. And frankly, I haven't really settled with someone. We'll meet, go for drinks or have sex or have dinner, rinse, repeat. And then it just fizzles. Like, I get it. It's dating. It's never a catwalk. There's a lot that can make or break things with it. And yet for some guys, all just hooking up. And boom, six months later, they're in an exclusive relationship. For me, it feels like something went wrong and I'm missing out on something. Confidence, faith, communication. I just can't place it. What do the old queens think? Well, I think you're really lucky to actually get to the dating stage. <laughs> uh, I don't understand what the question is. Um, well, I think he. I think w- what he's saying is he can't seem to get into a relationship and he wants one. Okay. But isn't that the nature of things at the moment? It's all very transient and transactional. Uh, mm. And like the apps make things very. Impersonal, in a way, it's almost like you're on Amazon for guys, isn't it? If you're like on the grinder, I would say that's not
3: really a place for a, to find a relationship. Although I do but, know people that have.
2: But people do, yeah. Mm. But even Tinder, I think, is used in different. I mean, I always call it the Tinder Fizzle. That mm. yeah, you match with someone, then you start chatting, and then it all mm. fizzles out mm. before you even meet. Mm. And then, in, then if, if you do meet, then it fizzles out. Yeah. So, <laughs> that says more about you. Though. Well, well maybe, yes. and maybe this guy as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is it from you? Maybe yeah. it is from me. <laughs> no, it's not from me. But uh, I really sympathise with this. But also, I think there's nothing wrong with being single. And actually, you don't have to be in a relationship. And actually... Uh, what do they call it when it's just friendship? Friends with benefits. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I meant non-sexual. Oh, uh, platonic. <laughs> platonic relationships <laughs> are actually as important as like romantic or sexual relationships. I think they should watch um, the five acts of Jane Fonda.
3: Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's really good. Uh, yeah. but what happens in that? Well, it's basically like a journey on how, to, how she found actually herself. Right. Because she was so trying to please other, people. other men with yeah. and through relationships with them that she was a serial monogamist getting married to them. She completely changed her personality to suit mm. the men that she was married to. And then eventually she was like, actually, I don't need to be, like,
2: pleasing all these men. I just need to be on my own. Yeah.
3: And she's never been happier.
2: Yeah. I think, and I think I've done that in relationships before. Where you you, t- I mean, there's always a bit of a compromise in a relationship, isn't there? You have to change certain things about yourself, mm. but um, yeah, I think I was always giving my all to the relationship, and I always feel like I'm the best person of like I'm the the best version of myself when I'm not in a relationship. So you're welcome. <laughs> 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 but also, I, I'm a big fan of actually finding. Like meeting someone organically, I don't think I've ever met a boyfriend on an app. Maybe once, but I'm I'm into like sometimes it just happens. You have to go places and meet mm-hmm. people, don't you, and have a chat and mm-hmm. have a flirt. That's the th- that's the thing. I feel like um, the art of flirting is kind of taken away by these apps because actually a flirt is is quite titillating and inviting, and Do rather rather you're... than someone just saying. Hung, horny, whatever. That's Pop not, pick. yeah, that's not a flirt, is it?
3: Would your um, advent calendar line
2: work <laughs> better in real life? But Well, maybe not. That is specifically a grinder. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you could say, but you know, but maybe You could say, well, every
3: time I open my eyes, I'm treating it like an advent calendar. Yeah. And I've just opened my eyes at you. Yeah. And what's the punchline?
2: I thought Christmas had come early. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. But then that's that's quite a good flirt for an online thing, isn't it? Mm. Rather than just a one-word question. Yeah, you know your
3: market. You know your context. Yeah. You know your platform.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, just learn to flirt, and then maybe you'll date someone who actually appreciates who you are. Anyway um christmas dinner dear old queens do you tell a guy if his cum tastes bad (laughs) 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 i just thought well you know going back to the um mistletoe berries just fooled around with a guy super hot great kisser Huge dick. He came in my mouth and it might have been the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. It made me literally gag and I couldn't swallow it. And it was a lot of cum, too. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I would tell a serious partner if this was the case, but this guy is pretty much a stranger. How would you react if someone told you your load tastes bad? Would you rather know or be offended? Is it not really something you have much control over, even though obviously diet is a factor? FYI, I normally love cum, and I don't have a problem with having it in my mouth or on my face. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> is that an invitation? I, but, but I hope so. <laughs> um, for those of you of a sensitive nature, we apologise for this question. Um, but maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. What do you reckon? Do you think you tell someone if they've got spunky spunk? This is a Sex of the would... City episode, isn't it?
3: Oh, well, well, we've reached the pinnacle of our podcast career. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
3: I I wouldn't say that word, no. I would say it's it's quite strong.
2: Mmm, oh. pungent. I think,
3: yeah, I would just <laughs> say strong, you know. Like, oh, I'm not able to swallow it right now. Um,
2: um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if it's a transient meat, then maybe you don't have to uh, do that. But if you like them and you want to do it again, then maybe you do have a word in there, shall I, can say. But also if it's a
3: diet thing, then maybe they have just been on the, you know, espresso martini truffles all day. And <laughs>
2: it's, you know. Do you think that would affect your, the, how your semen would taste? I would have thought so, uh, yeah. Do you? Um, so... There are certain things which do actually make your semen taste sweet. Lemons? Lemons might be one of them. But, oh God, what's the thing that I hate to eat raw? Celery. Oh, I love celery. Celery actually supposedly makes it taste sweet.
3: I think if I was reincarnated as a vegetable, I would be a celery stick. Would you? Or cucumber.
2: Okay. Hmm. I think you're more artichoke. Jerusalem. Yeah. (laughs) As it's Christmas. I'd probably be a potato. Jacket. Jacket. (laughs) Yeah, skin on. (laughs) What vegetable do you think you are? Um, Why don't you send us a message and let us know? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so don't, don't tell them if they've got funky spunk. Unless you want to do it again and then maybe feed them celery the night before. So (laughs) Mm. this is a final question. Right. Final question for the Christmas episode. to make it a good one. Okay. Dear old queens, what mundane thing are you hilariously bad at? What thing around the house, maybe or maybe at work, are you comically bad at that just gives you a chuckle any time you try and do it? Me, I've been a mechanic my whole life, so I'm getting dexterity problems from abusing my hands, and I'm only in my mid-thirties. I cannot for the life of me open and close Tupperware and Ziploc bags. It's just a disaster every time – like, just now, I was tidying up from a Sunday roast uh, with some less- leftover lunch that I hosted with the family yesterday, and I had to ask my father to put the lids back on the containers because I was just trying to make a mess trying to do it. <clears throat> OK, so what Monday thing are you hilariously bad
3: at? Well, I'm bad at everything really. <laughs> this Monday. I have dyspraxia and dyslexia, so I will yeah. make a pig's ear of anything just the other day mm. i was struggling with a badge it was a gay badge actually mm. and well you can see i i cut my finger oh, oh gosh i cut my finger i feel like cutting your finger on a gay badge is that internalized homophobia <laughs> I can't see it now. no
2: i feel like it's an initiation ceremony mm. i think you're truly gay now. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. um I I, like you I think I'm terrible at lots of things like mundane things and also when I try and do stuff it's it looks like it's like an episode of Mr Bean and and if I tried uh, it's so Mm -hmm. cack-handed and slapstick that Mm -hmm. if I tried to do it on stage I wouldn't be able to but I can do it in real life Mm you know, like coats getting caught on things or like Mm. knocking things over and it Mm. all being quite comical. Mm. And it happens all the time. And I have to say, I don't chuckle at it. I usually swear because it happens.
3: (laughs) This time of year, I'm wearing a long thermal vest and it doesn't have a label at the back. And I always put it on the wrong way. Right. Yeah. Every single time. And I'm like, the law of averages would make it Fifty percent the time the
2: wrong way, (laughs) right? But every single time is yeah, it's Mm. kind of crazy. Do you have your glasses on? So that that's the other thing. I'm suddenly I'm turning into Mr. Magoo because if I don't always have my glasses on, and I literally can't see things, and then you can't find your glasses (laughs) exactly.
3: I've, yeah, I've got a magnifying glass, and I know, always know where that is in case. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I should get one.
2: What, what about contact lenses? Because you put contact lenses in, don't you? And I li- uh, they're literally not built for me. I can't see close up, and like trying to put something in which is mm. transparent and poke it in my eye is yeah, I really ridiculous. struggle with it.
3: And I mean, I've been wearing contact lenses now for about five years, and I still struggle with it. Um, and sometimes, and I, sometimes I just have to walk away and try again in another ten minutes. Right. But for years I tried before that, mm. and the optician said, "No, you're one of those people that will never be able to get your hand, head round it." Because I perform, and I didn't want to perform in glasses. I was just quite consistently trying until I did right. get it right. But I'm not. I'm still not very good at it. Right.
2: I often put them around the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I, I, think the last time they gave me some, I had different prescriptions for different eyes as well. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and it's like astigmatism. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like I feel like there should be a special set of glasses for people mm. <laughs> who are putting contact lenses in, mm. so you can like lift one of the lenses yeah, up or something, so you can actually really put good, it in yeah. and see what yeah. you're doing.
3: Because I put my I put my glasses on in the middle process I've done one and now I'll go on to the other one just so that I can yeah have a bit of visual memory yeah. of what it looks like and
2: check that it might be in because mm. it might not be <laughs> yeah mm.
3: yeah sometimes it's just
2: sliding down your face yeah I went to a dry eye clinic recently so because I cannot cry no it's not that I can't cry I've got dry eyes and I've got this thing called blepharitis which is quite painful at times and um she was saying the reason why I can't wear contact lenses is because I've got dry eye. And she was a huge advocate of contact lenses. Mm. She said, let's sort out your dry eyes and then we'll sort out your contact lenses. Mm. So we'll watch this space.
3: I know I will with Maybe.
2: The- I, I, I've tried them Attention. like three times and I've not been able mm. to, you know, do it. I'm thinking of having the op. So, but I, I don't actually mind wearing glasses. But it's just a pain when you can't see anything without them. Anyway. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) On that note, any other hilarious things that you do around the house or can't do?
3: I'm just looking around the house for inspiration.
2: I'm terrible at cleaning as well. I'm also colourblind, so I don't really see dirt until it's really bad. Mm. And, yeah, it's just uh, there's all sorts of things with me. And I I did an AGHD test recently as well. And I score quite highly. So... Do with that what you wish.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you, to me, you're perfect, Bernie. Thank you. <laughs> well, perfect in my imperfections. Look, we're all imperfect, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, it's whether you can put up with it or not. <laughs> and uh, maybe on that note, we, we end the podcast. Well, it's been a lovely afternoon it's been yeah Yeah. it's been nice it's been fun Mm. it's been good to do it again and I'm sure we will be doing this again in the new year in some form or another Mm.
3: watch this space watch
2: this space so happy Christmas Tommy and you and happy Queermas happy Saturnalia see you next year see you next year after the orgy <laughs> Say goodbye to our lovely listeners. Goodbye, lovely listeners. Goodbye, lovely listeners. Happy Christmas. And we will see you
1: soon.
2: You have been listening to What That Old Queen. Written and presented by Tom Marshman And Bernie Hodges The show was produced by Bernie Hodges For Hodge Podcasting In 2023 If you have a question For the Old Queens Or you'd like to be a guest Or you want to sponsor a show And give us lots of money You can email hello at thatoldqueen.com Or find us on Facebook Instagram Or Twitter
4: the cat